You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and down in Texas, Graham Trainer. Happy holidays, and Massey, a very special happy January 6th. Um, Not a a national holiday. Yeah, it's the um, two years ago. Hold hold on. Two years ago. Bring bring that mic. Yep. Right there. Two years ago today, Mike McCarthy hired by the Cowboys. That is right. I did forget about yeah. that. Yes, two what years ago. About? Oh, not nothing. Mm, nothing. How's my audio? Check one. It's a little distorted. A little distorted. It's Doing okay. Best here. That's it. Right there. Hold it right there. Don't move. Perfect. Um, I will say this. We apologize for the uh, the absence the last two weeks. I was down in South Alabama where it was. 70 degrees and 100% humidity the whole entire time. I wore pants because I forgot to bring shorts. That's basically how I would describe it. No shoes Ooh, the entire time. It was so hot and wet that the windows would condensate with the AC. If that makes if that gives you an idea of how hot it was. Hot and wet, like a 90s like a 90s rom-com. Um you had fun or you just like going back it's just you just are sweating in December and you're over it. Um, no, I had a great time. We, uh, you know, hung out with all the, the whole family, all the uh, uh, sister-in-law and brother-in-law and, and made it. So it was, how about this? It was the first time that all the siblings and their significant others and their families were in Mobile for Christmas. So it was a little chaotic and a lot of tears were shed because there's four kids and they met all their cousins. And so there were six kids and you know, sometimes the ball would ricochet and hit somebody in the nose or someone oh. would punch somebody else, and you're like, hey, it's okay. Like, you don't have to win in this, like, made-up soccer game that Adele, our producers, made up in the front yard. Or, like, someone's fishing pole would get hung up in some, in some uh, like, weeds or something. It was like, it was so fun to watch those kids be like, just, I don't know, interact. Because I that's how I did it. We were out in the woods. I didn't grow up in the woods, but we, we had a little family hunting camp. <laughs> And uh, we'd go out there and almost die a million different ways. And basically the kids are sliding uh, down like hills and sleds and stuff. Not that there's snow. We literally were sliding on red clay dirt. It was just steep enough and slick enough Mm. where you could take a sled down it. It was only about 10 feet, you know. Like a, like a Rafael, Rafael Nadal uh, clay court. Exactly. I mean, that's, that is the color of the earth down there. It's just red. I don't know how else to explain it. You dig up, you dig up a, 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 put a shovel in the dirt in most places, and it's just red clay. So you, you can hide some, you can hide some bodies out there by the Gulf, right? Oh yeah, the Gulf, and then up on the Alabama River, and uh, I don't know if you've heard of this book, but To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, Monroeville, yes. that is where the other half of my family's from. So, yeah, so Gulf Coast to Monroeville. Uh- just so from the north, just north of the delta, and then at the very bottom of the delta is where the Zeman family is from. So you, so you insulted me by asking if I've heard of a killing mockingbird, and then you also said earlier that by talking about the Dark Knight, the movie, it ages our podcast. Well, uh, I think you. I'm pretty. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Thaddeus. that's. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's still reading, isn't it? I don't know. 
oh, probably that's that, there's probably something in there that's cancelable. That it's it's you know banned. It's, it's too edgy. It talks about stuff that makes <laughs> you edgy. uncomfortable. Well, yeah. So earlier you said the ki- you said there's a lot of tears. I don't know if that meant like adult tears, like oh they're meeting their cousins, or it was kids crying getting hurt. So that that was that was good to good to get a little glimpse into the the Zeman family special. Oh, it was all the above. You know, it was like oh gosh, like it's so great to see these people, and then it was also like maybe cousin A punched cousin B just a little too hard there. I mean, no, nobody's over six, I don't think. So mm-hmm. it's like from it's really well, these are younger cousins punching, not older cousins punching each other. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, me and my cousins out there, we uh, we had a disagreement over the uh, f- football game and one knocked each other's tooth out. Uh, I will say I did one of the more redneck things I've done in a while. Uh oh. And PETA, don't come after us. Uh oh. But this possum family lives up underneath the porch up at Purdue Hill. I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to explain any of that. And it eats out Wait, the bird theory. Played dead? Yeah. Well, no. Well, yes, it did. But I got to chase it down and kick it right in the butt, and it went end over end and played dead. And Dawson goes, you know it's not actually dead. I was like, yeah, it's possum, and I made it play possum. I mean, it got up and ran off. It was perfectly fine. But that was pretty redneck of me. Sorry, PETA. You're kicking animals. Sorry, PETA. It was eaten out of the bird feeder. I don't know what you want me to do. It lives under the porch. It's been We've been feeding it for years. It's fine. I don't know if, I don't know if PETA uh, observes possums as creatures or not. I'm sure they do, but if they want to get into a fight, an altercation. But you're, uh, you're down there kicking animals? I'll, I'll publicly oh, – worse than that, you know, we hunters, we hunt animals as well. But oh, uh, Cool. Yeah, you know, just nice – uh, Dave. <laughs> so, anyway, enough about the holidays. How was yours? Oh, it was good. It was good. I had a great time. Got older. You know, like I said, landing gear's out for 40. We're starting to, to descend by 10,000 miles into uh, into the Jackson Hole area. How are you, Graham? How how does 40 feel right now? I'm the same age as LeBron. I'm 37. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're one of those that says, I'm in my late 30s. I'm basically 40. If you someone asked you at a bar how old you were, you're like, I'm basically 40. Oh yeah, I make I make 40 jokes for sure. I think it's more interesting than just being like, I'm 37. Or do you want to do you want to guess my age? I mean, it's very funny. I've I've sat at a I've sat at plenty of bars in my day, and one of my favorite lines I've heard is someone said, and I quote, "I'm basically 30." I actually took that from somebody else. He goes, "Yeah, Ooh. you know, like I'm basically 30." It's like, don't rush it. Be 29 as long as you can. Cherish it. Yeah, exactly. I'd say it's best just to say the the, the wrong side of 30. The wrong side of 35 is my favorite. That's what I say. That's better. That's better than saying basically 40. I feel like you're glass not. Half, glass half full. Okay, good, good. Should we, uh, <laughs> did we catch up with everything? Did you watch the playoffs, college football playoffs? Uh, yeah, I mean, let's see. New Year's Eve blowouts. I watched probably more, you know, post-game, pre-game, Harbaugh in, in his uh, wide receiver gloves, like post-game, stuff like that. Got some content for the gram um you know got black out and w- went on went on there for a while and just had a, had a field day but i didn't actually watch that much football to be honest with you i uh, i watched both i don't i watched both college football playoff games mainly because i'd vested interest in one game and dawson had vested in- interest in the next right and i've never That's where I, was lacking. I was lacking that exact thing um <laughs> Yeah, uh, I will say this about Georgia's offensive defensive line. I've never seen so many flat 
Michigan players on their back on both sides of football. It was ridiculous. It was like like IHOP out there. I mean, Cincinnati hung in there with Alabama, although Alabama kind of felt like uh, Coach Coach Yost's uh, Novocaine, where it felt inevitable, even though they were only up like eight points at one point. And then when when Michigan took the field – and they came out in those white jumpsuits, and it had run run the ball on the front of the things. I was like, "You don't, you don't know what bear you're poking here." And I saw well, there was a set, set 60, 70 yard. Not it wasn't a touchdown pass, but like long pass down the down the edge of the field. And I just saw before the pass even got thrown, I audibly go, "Oh," because I saw some Michigan guy's ankles fly up in the air because he was going flat on his back on the defensive line. It was I was like, these guys are out of their league. Yeah, they made the I forgot his name, who cares? The the Michigan guy who's like Irrelevant. Irrelevant now, the the defensive end who or defensive lineman edge <laughs> edge guy that went to went to New York for the Heisman. Yeah, I mean I'd say I would I'd say as the the game, the Alabama game from what I watched reminded me a lot of that Clemson Notre Dame game from like four or five years ago where it's like they're playing kind of close enough where they can't they can't break away and win by 50 but they're not they're kind of toying with them but they're not like destroying them like Georgia was destroying Michigan yeah and Cincinnati's got some got some NFL guys on that team and Alabama just said hey if you got if you got a a couple of strong lockdown corners guess what we're just gonna run it and they ran the zone they ran the zone run the whole game they just couldn't Cincinnati had no answer for it so it's like well guess what we'll just turn around and hand the ball off and that'll be that'll be it but let's move on to more current up of your good news yeah <laughs> let's move on to more current affairs at hand we'll huddle up the huddle is the good news of the week the critical number of the week something you were stuck on and your quote slash question of the week and I have a I have a little bit of of kind of a well-rounded huddle here but I'll kick it to you first Graham what is your good news I got, a, I got a good news quote to start it things out. It said, absence makes the heart grow fonder. I'm glad to be back on the show. Mm-hmm. You were missed. Uh, the Roman poet Sextus yes. said that for all the kids out there who like who like uh, to kill a mockingbird and the Roman Sextus. <laughs> um, the poet, the poet. Yes. Uh, my, my, real, my real good news is that I get to keep a cool head because the Cowboys are warning me to chill out. They're warning all their fans. There was a big Santa fight on Christmas when we were blowing out the the Washington Red Cross, and they uh, that was a precursor for just like another letdown of a game against the Cardinals. Now Kyler Murray's like twelve or fourteen or twenty and zero against uh, or in in excuse me in AT and T Stadium, Jarrah World, and yeah, it's just like I'm already I'm tippy toeing into the playoffs, and I'm not have zero expectations because I was starting to get a little bit of ahead on my birthday watching us beat. Washington, but well, it's the Cowboys are very interesting because their offense, while they are good, and Mike McCarthy isn't he supposed to be a kind of an offensive guru? It kind of sputters. Mike McCarthy seems like he zones out sometimes on offense. Their defense filled with studs, but the Cowboys' offense, if they're not, if they're not going, they're not going. Does that make any sense? Is that even a thing to say? You know, you know when you can, you know, you, you're, you know when you're an offensive guru, but you could zone out when you have Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers back to back. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Okay. All right. Point. That's that's. He's like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. wait a minute. Mm-hmm. What's how much time is left? And you're like, dude, you need to focus. Yeah. And what are y'all gonna do without Gallup? I mean, talk about 
a complete Dang. hardo that he tore his ACL mid touchdown catch and then caught the ball and can and then just scored the touchdown and then got, got had to get help to the locker room. Yeah, I mean it's good to have like players in the team I like. I like Lamb, I love Parsons, I like, you know, I like I like Dak, I like Pollard, Zeke's fine, I like Cooper. <laughs> Zeke's um, all right. Yeah, and you know, and obviously Trayvon Diggs got overrated by his interception count when he's given up the most air yard receptions in the league or something, whatever however you say that stat correctly. Advanced um, analytics. Advanced analytics. What's your war, bro? Um so yeah, I'm looking at looking at the the playoffs here. We'll probably get a home game. Hopefully we'll get to host a Saints or a San Francisco. No offense. Um and then we'll go on the road and we'll get blasted. And that's 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 all she wrote. So that's as Kyle, the poet the, Graham said. That's the poet Graham said. Um so is that your ceiling for the Cowboys is second round loss? If you get past the second round, have you overachieved? Oh, 100%. At this point, yes. All right, I like that. I like that. In my book, in my in my cold Cowboys heart, not my warm Santa fighting, spending like a hundred grand on a ticket on Christmas Day and getting into a fight, when we're up fifty-six to seven, and that optimistically idiotic fan. That's not me anymore. It is funny. I think the football team, Washington football team, played two games in five days. It, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they they were probably pretty tired after that. Um, my good news of the week, the hapless who's have put together two ACC wins back to back. They beat Syracuse and Clemson respectively. They previously lost to Clemson by 16 points. They beat them on the road a couple of nights ago. They've stand fifth in the ACC behind Miami, Louisville, Duke, UNC, respectively Duke number two in the nation, neither Miami, Louisville, or UNC are ranked. They go into this weekend, an eight point underdog. At home versus UNC, we're three and one in conference. I saw something in our who's, like just something. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Like there was shots there when we needed it. There was drives there when we needed it. There was big threes when we needed it. And so there was just, just something to grasp onto. Does that make sense? And that's that's what I need as a who's fan. That's what I'm used to. Something to grab onto. So we're on the like I'm on the wrong side of 35. We're on the right side of the bubble watch right now in, in Massey's brain. In my brain, but we got a, there's a lot of ACC ball to play. But the ACC is kind of down this year. I mean, you're looking at the SEC, the Pac-12, and the Big Ten and the Big 12. Like that's that's everybody else but the ACC, really. SEC? We're talking about football or, or basketball? No, you're talking uh, Tennessee, Auburn, Alabama, Kentucky. Off the top of my head, those are four teams yeah. in the top 25. So we're the best of the orange orange teams in the ACC. That's that's something to hang your hat on. There we go. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't know where Florida State is. Certainly they're somewhere near. Orange? They don't have orange. I know, but I just was thinking through like Florida State is somewhere somewhere near that mm. top 5. Certainly. I just Florida State's got to be somewhere. They they always are. What is your critical number of the week? A quarter of a point. Um I got nothing. So I went to bed on Sunday, January 2nd, a winner of a fantasy football league, the oldest league I have, 15 years, keeper league. I woke mm. up the next morning. I had gone to bed winning by 0.75. I woke up a loser by a quarter point. 
What happened? Stat correction, Chicago Bears defense. You okay? Doing better. I've been better, but I'm also doing better. What was the stat correction? A sack or something? I don't know. Something like that. It was just, you know, another another thing Matt Nagy did to me. But I mean Mike Glennon yeah. Mike Glennon against the Bears threw four times for negative ten yards or something crazy. Yeah, I know. I know. But you know, say Levy. Yeah, all right. And that's it. Okay. That's the end of the that's no no more fancy talk until draft season, August. Well, don't beat yourself up over it. I didn't even make any playoffs, so quit pouting. I won't. Okay, critical number of the week, 12 and a half. Uh, 12.5% chance the Saints make the playoffs. Is it only 12 and a half? I mean, I think that's... No, no it's a joke. But, okay, I was about to say, I think, a, the Rams, I think the Rams don't have much to play for, and San Francisco, is, is they're winning in, and the Saints, while they can beat the Falcons, the Falcons are like the best bad team. The Saints are like a better bad team and I don't know just don't don't mess with me and my Saints I'm just trying to just trying to sort that no, out I'm in my not. Brain. I mean, actually actually just to get that out of the way the Saints actually have a good chance because they're better than the Falcons who they're playing at home correct and the uh, Rams are actually playing for the second seed slash home field and they want to obviously kick their division opponent in the teeth on the way out so I think you have a really good chance 12 and a half I'm guessing is a point spread of some sort 12 and a half refers to the games that Alabama has won, or excuse me, the average wins since 2008 that Alabama football has produced. That being said, let me give you the significance of 12 and a half. There's only 12 regular season games, meaning Alabama has made it to the postseason by average. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not into this, but there's the college football playoff allows you two more games. Is that right? Or excuse me, the SEC in the college football playoff allows you three more games, thus bumping you up to possibly playing 15 games. From 08 to 14, there was only a possible 14 games. So I'm just saying that we're in the middle of this run. Trainer, why don't you just join us? Join us in history. Oh, whoa. Good. Hate flows through you, Padawan. <laughs> no. Get out of here. Get out of here, Emperor Palpatine. Whew. Redneck, hillbilly, what? Uh, yeah. So I'm just saying, just I guess if you want a story to 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 be with, come come over to Alabama. It's just I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, and all and all funny funny jokes aside, is that there is nothing there is nothing like this. And to average 12 and a half wins a year is just it's just a ridiculous stat to 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 put your hat on. I guess. Well, what I have to do, Massey, as a as a as an outsider, non-Alabama fan. I mean, fan of fan of you being happy and your well-being, but um, and your fan fandom. But like, what I got to do as a outsider is you got to hate the franchise, and then when all the documentaries come out, then you're like, oh, that was cool. Like, I'm, I remember those days. That was different back then. Remember? All right. I'll, I'll, enough of that. We'll get back to that. What's your stuck on? Uh, my second one was actually uh, mediocrity, and I was going to yell SOS for all my, you know, UVA football, basketball, um, all the sports teams I care about professionally. But the Mavericks stunned me tonight. They held Steph Curry to five of twenty-four from, from uh, field goals and one of nine from three, and they won by double digits. I'm, I'm, and you told me that UVA is the best orange-based colored team in the ACC. Feeling better, so my stuck on has been cured. On the show, live. Um, how's Luca looking? Is he looking better? He's he's looking chubby, not as fat as Harden, but he's he's looking better. 
Speaking of Harden, I haven't heard anything about the Nets. I know that Kyrie's coming back, or it, maybe he's already back uh, now. I think he played the Pacers tonight. But the Nets are quietly not doing anything in the East. I mean, by not doing anything, I guess that is quietly. But all the hype surrounding them the last couple of years has been nothing but championship or bust. And now it seems like they they are just a, your regular team with the best player in the universe on it. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, they turned it around, and yeah, they beat the Pacers. Uh, Kyrie had a 22-point night. I guess it was his debut, because I know it was pretty imminent that he was coming back, but I wasn't checking daily of like what game he was going to start. But um, yeah, at least they got they got two All-Stars again, which is good. Two? James Harden's not an All-Star? Is he on the team right now? Does he have like the hamstring injury that's lasted like four years? The NBA started, you know, what, at Christmas? So I've only been paying attention for about 10 days, so... I you're paid right, attention. You're right. Harden played. My bad. All right. Um, my stuck on I, – I had a couple. One was the Antonio Brown fiasco. But that seems to be outside – really, it's not the Antonio Brown acting the way it is. It's mainly the people on the internet diagnosing Antonio Brown with CTE mm-hmm. when in a living person you can't diagnose that. He's just kind of like this extravagant dude. I mean, you just go through his timeline and you just look at all the things – that he's, uh, he's done kind of like that are just off the wall. And everyone wants to be like, well, look at this hit that Vontaze Perfect gave him. This is this is where it wow. all started. This I'm, I'm a medical professional, and his CTE started on this play. Vontaze Perfect should be ashamed of himself. And Vontaze Perfect, while he's sitting at home in retirement, <laughs> it's like, my, my bad. That had nothing to do with him taking off his jersey in MetLife Stadium and waving at the crowd as the teams were currently run, like in the middle of play. Like he just he just had a meltdown. Yeah, I wonder what. Yeah, I wonder what. I, I wish they would have. I haven't seen if there is footage of Tom Brady's face when he found out what happened with, with Antonio Brown. But yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny to do a retroactive cancellation of Vontez Burfik's uh, hit on Antonio Brown. What was that in 2015 or 17? Yeah, or something? it like, was it was a while ago. Is, is he gonna is he gonna do a is he gonna do a national apology for this? Yeah, can, can you can you notes app this and and put it on Twitter? I'll be a, con- a contrarian, like, yeah, maybe he had a big hit against Perfect, but, like, wide receivers in this day and era, I'm not I'm not um, underplaying CTE, but you no. can really not get hit at all as a receiver anymore. So it's just, it's not, the, you know, it's not the, not the good old, like, glory nine, 90s days where you go over the middle and you get decked on the jacked up type Yeah, and, and then you land on AstroTurf. Um I, I didn't want to spend too much time on it because it, it really does appear that Antonio Brown just needs a little little bit of help. Not a little bit of help, a lot of help. There's clearly clear, – again, and he's, there's clearly a um, – you know, there's just some wires crossed. Everyone's got some wires crossed, but not quite as public, oh, yeah. as, public yeah. as that when you run off the field in that way. The story is coming out saying that he wasn't getting open or wasn't getting the ball much, so he threw a tantrum. But also he states that his ankle was hurt and they kept trying to put him in the game, and he was refusing to go in this game because of his injury. And so the coach said, uh, Bruce Aaron said, hey, why don't you just go to the locker room? And then he flipped out. So, like, all that seems like a pretty normal thing on an NFL sideline when somebody's either saying, hey, I can't go in, I'm hurt, or they're saying, coach, put me in, and the coach knows they're hurt. There's The players either want to play or they, or they say they can't. And so it's – and I'm sure Bruce Arians was finally fed up and said, if you can't play, get in the locker room and probably said it in a mean tone. Cause guess what? There's some drama surrounding Antonio Brown. He's probably tired of the antics 
and said, you know, just hit the showers kind of thing like sometimes coaches do, and he just blew his lid. Yeah, I mean, it was there were so many so many different um, angles coming at it from. It was the CTE. It was the ankle injury. It was the, the, the one that I saw the most was the incentive-based stuff where he was, you know, um, able to make 33 – or sorry, yeah, 333K for, like, three more pretty achievable stats in that game. And he – it originally looked like he got benched and they were trying to, like – you know, the, the theory became, oh, the Bucks are being cheap and they're not trying to, like, get him to his incentive uh, numbers, which is not going to happen. And that was why he threw a fit. But the the, the truth has come out. If, if you know anything, the coaches and players will – like, was it Drew Brees last year? I forgot who he, like, technically threw the ball to for him to get a rec yard. But they yeah. ran a sweep. And because Drew Brees pitched it forward, it counted as reception. The guy got paid, like, 10000 bucks. Like, those guys know and take care of each other in the field. The players and the coaches are like, yeah, you should go get paid. I mean, besides Sean Payton and Taysom Hill, they're like, we're not paying you seven. $745 million to play quarterback. And so they sat him out for a little bit, but it just, yeah, yeah it just seemed, it just seemed, uh, it just seemed wonky. Also, did you see where Jalen hurts? This is what my real stuck one was almost got killed <laughs> in, in Washington with the stadium, well, the side of the stadium collapse or the side of the stands collapse and people almost fell on him. Yeah. He, he was quick. It was quick. He's quick on his feet as they say. And he was so collected. He like helped people up. And the security was just yelling at him. And he's like, no, man, let's take a couple pictures. And I liked how yep. they were ushering all the fans off the field. But the last fan they recognized that was there was the super, super fan from Philadelphia that had a helmet on. And so they like immediately didn't recognize that he was not he was not a player and it was actually a fan. And he's just kind of sitting there <laughs> like, hey, I guess I'm still down here. Like, I guess I'll just take some more pictures. And they're like, oh, you, get, you you're not playing. Get, get in the stands. They thought he was Darren Sproles, like this five foot five dude just hanging out. Yeah, ex exactly. Uh, what is your quote slash question of the week? Boys, one of the good things about having babies is there's boobies out twenty four seven. Did you actually just say that? That was yeah. something you just you decided to say. All right. Yeah. So what? Do you, what do you? What? I'll, I'll give you two minutes to explain yourself. <laughs> this is Michael Pittman, the Colts wide receiver. Uh, he was endorsing having babies on Instagram on his on his feed. Just thought it was funny. You know, he's just having a good time. Nice, nice. Low, low brow humor there. Okay. Uh, hopefully, hopefully that'll play. Um, my quote. Actually, I have a question. Did you know we have Winter Olympics this winter? I did not until Sunday night football game. NBC endorsed it. Right. Yeah, I just it just completely slipped my mind, and I feel like Summer Olympics and Winter Olympics happen with just enough space where I can stomach watching swimming and track and field, and then like figure skating, I can like stomach that in two year inc increments. But if they're back to back like this, only months apart, I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't watch I can't watch that many Olympics in a, in a one year span. Yeah, I, I had no idea. I was like, it's it's weird. The Winter Olympics is is hard to follow. Because it's a turn of the uh, turn of the year situation, you know. In the summer, you're like, oh, it's 04 or it's 08 or whatever. Every four years, you're in the middle of the summer. But as you are in 2021, all of a sudden you jump into 2022, and you're like, oh, it's an even year. Now it's the Winter Olympics. That part is confusing to me. Yeah, does that makes sense. Yeah, that does yeah. make sense. I, I I get what you're saying. Here's my real quote: He is a gamer. He is a gamer. Uh, Eric Spolstra. This is Chris. Eric Spolstra talking 
about Joe Burrow? Our guy, our man, Kyle Guy. He got a 10-day contract with the Heat. He's played three Ooh. games, averaging 13 points. He's hit like three threes in a row, which kind of got everybody uh, hot on them on, on, on Twitter and Instagram. And what I like to see is that he's having his 15 minutes of fame, and maybe his 15 minutes can turn into 30 minutes of fame, where he just goes out there, has a couple steals, has a couple of good-looking assists, knocks down some threes, scrappy on defense, and he's just making the most of right now what seems to be endless 10-day contracts. They're calling people up that haven't played in years. Like, hey, you mind filling in for, for a week so we can get our players back? And it seems like Kyle Guy was ready for that phone call. Yeah, it's great. I, yeah, I've noticed that um, I think the G League is developing players a lot at a lot better clip or like they're getting a lot more out of their players than if they just jump from high school to the NBA and they're also getting a little more. It's a good developmental league. It's great. I'm, I like to see that. And the fact that Kyle Guy has been kind of traveling around this year. I know he had a little stint with Cleveland's G League team or, mm-hmm. or s- something there in the middle. But now that he's getting to like get back in the because I see I see him posted with like a, a jersey on. And I'm like, oh, he made it NBA team. And it's like, oh, this is the G- it says like the Cleveland like cats and dogs or something and not the Cavaliers. And I'm like, oh, never mind. But now that he's playing some minutes and for a playoff team, that's that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I thought it was good for him. Now, let's segue should we talk about the college football playoff? We've talked enough about oh, Alabama. The grand finale? Yeah, Let's talk course. about the grand finale a little bit. And I would like to focus focus a little bit more on um, maybe the past and kind of what what this means for both Georgia and Alabama, but ma- mainly Georgia. In 2017, that was the uh, great overtime game where Tua came in to replace Jalen Hurts. They came from 13 down and ended up winning an overtime where – Tua through to a guy named Devontae Smith. Ever heard of him? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was 2017, 2018, and with a 14-point deficit at half, Tua got benched for Jalen Hurts, and Jalen came back and led them to beat uh, Georgia in the SEC championship. And with this in mind, they've played twice since then. Uh, Bama has won both times. I think – the narrative really should be focused on Kirby Smart and not because Nick Saban seems to be Kirby Smart's like boogeyman, right? And yeah. And everyone says like, oh, Saban always beats his assistants. But you look at Kirby Smart and he's not just another assistant. He didn't just get pushed through Nick Saban's coach rehabilitation program for a year and then go on to another SEC team. Kirby has been with Nick Saban since LSU. He he went from he, he went to LSU and coached the uh, – what, what, who did he coach? Oh, he was a DB coach at LSU. He went to Miami with Coach Saban and coached the safeties. He followed Saban back to Alabama, served as his defensive coordinator from 08 to 15. He was the highest-paid assistant coach in the country under Nick Saban. He won championships with Nick Saban. He is Nick Saban's best protege? I, I, I got you. I got you. Like he's, so, he's he's the ex-wife, and all the other coordinators are ex-girlfriends. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're there. We're there. And it just seems like Georgia's the be- is the best they've been under the Smart Era. Saban, they call Bama having a down year, but Saban's Bama's team is not quite as dominant. They're a little more banged up. But what an opportunity for Kirby Smart to to win a championship in this fashion. How about that? He has the opportunity not to beat Michigan, not to take on a an Oklahoma or a Clemson 
He's face-to-face with his mentor, mentor-mentee, and this is his best chance to win a national championship. And I think more people should latch on to that plot line than it is that Saban's the boogeyman underneath the bed. Yeah, I would say I got – yeah, first thing I was going to ask was, was he – when he was still on the Alabama staff, is he pretty much the only coordinator that Alabama's actually ponied up and play, paid for instead of just letting them walk for a – an actual head coach job that's a great question because assistant coaches weren't paid back back then and i think it set the precedent for assistant coaches to make much more money so i think while they were while they were they probably pay some assistants now the same amount that kirby was getting paid then but at at that point in time i don't think assistant coaches were getting paid it it all was like the next rung up everyone's trying to be the head coach because that's where all the money was and over the last 10 years coaches have made 10 times more money than they have in the past. Like you just look at the Brian Kellys of the world who just got almost a hundred million dollars. Or like it's just coaching now is so lucrative. It's starting to go you're starting to see the value of assistance. But that I believe, and of course we'll get Todd to fact check this, kind of started mm-hmm. Kirby Smart kind of broke that mold. Yeah, that yeah, that's what I was saying. You were, or we were saying like, yeah, ex husband, ex wife versus ex girlfriend or or uh, boyfriend. That's what you, that's what you said. Yeah, that was what that's what uh, Kirby Smart means to Saban. So I was wondering if like back in the day, he's going to bat for him more to get pay raises versus like, I'll just let him walk. I don't I don't care. He did. Let him go. Let him go. Take the let him go. Take the um, Tennessee job for a year and get fired. He he did. So like after I believe it was after uh, um, I forget. Pardon me. I forget which national championship it was. But they paid him to they they made sure to guarantee him to be the highest paid assistant in the country and that kept him around for a couple more years. Yeah. Well, the good thing is for Kirby and I think I have, I have a on the spot impromptu theory is that he played a fake game plan against Alabama in the SEC championship game. He's actually going to do what Jimbo Fisher did. <clears throat> Remember him, the assistant to beat Saban. I do. He's going to run that, that sort of offense and defensive scheme and special teams. Don't forget special teams against Alabama in this national title game. He's going to do it. Part of me thinks that Georgia – no, no. I know that Georgia can do it. But part of me, there's always oh. some sort of tomfoolery, meaning like Saban is going to – that trick play that he hasn't done in five years, that onside kick at a random time, there's there's just going to be some sort of like well-executed play they practice every Thursday in walkthroughs. And Saban's going to be like, all right, we're going to pull, a ra- we're going to try to pull a rabbit out of the hat. And they can, if Saban can, or if Bama can execute whatever play that is at a critical moment of the game, that'll be the difference. It always seems to come down to those style of play, like when this, when the Saints to the the famous onside kick after halftime against the Colts. The Colts were going to win that game, and that's what it felt like. And that one onside kick, that one like you know, kind of grin to yourself like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it worked. That style of play will end up having – that's the way that Bama can win. And Georgia, if they go out and play football and go head-to-head, I think Georgia's got so much fire in their belly, I'm not sure if Alabama can line up with them and beat them head-to-head. There's going to have to be some sort of lucky break, ball bounce, trick play, that kind of thing for Bama to prevail. So Bill O'Brien's going to have to use his imagination here is what we're saying. Yeah, hopefully the zone run is in all, all game. Hopefully that's just going to happen. Uh, I doubt it. We'll see. 
We'll see. Monday night. Monday night. Be there, brother. All right, let's focus on the NFL. Lot to unpack here. Let's first off say goodbye to Ben Roethlisberger. I'm going to miss yes. you seeing cover, you, seeing you covered in ice every Monday after practice. The Twitter feed of just him with well, walking boots on both feet. You, well, last time at at uh, at Heinz Field, so you, Massey, you still got Sunday at noon. You can still watch or eleven your time. You can still watch him play the Ravens, I believe, and um, maybe even make the playoffs. Do they have a chance to make it? Isn't there like a lot of dominoes that yeah. have to fall there? A lot for them, yes. I think they have the most stacked against them with the I ha- they have to win, but three teams have to lose sort of situation. But they have that tie on their record, which helps them, gives them a leg up. So maybe not give them the Viking funeral just yet, but yes, his first home start with Pittsburgh. Breaking, breaking, breaking news. My quote of the week has been changed. Antonio what? Brown qu- says, quote, I didn't quit. I was cut. Perfect. You can delete my quote, and we'll just use that one. Okay, yeah, that that seems like it's not based in reality. It's, it very, it looks a lot like you quit. That that had every indication of like, you know, and it's not bad. Like if you if you're gonna Did quit he, a job, you might as well kick the door in and like light the building on fire rather than be like, here's my two weeks and let me suffer through the next two weeks. If you're gonna quit, just do it in style. I guess I'm, I'm actually come to think of it, I'm a little jealous of Antonio Brown. He quit in the way where he just like raked off the boss's desk, threw it in the floor, flipped over the office chair, and said, I don't even need your money, and then like and then like knocked over a couple cubicles on his way out. Yeah, he pretty much pretty much like Frank the Tank just stripped off all of his clothes at corporate and just stormed out and started streaking. Like he, you know, took off his shoulder pads, his jersey, everything. Is he forgetting that part of of it and he doesn't remember that part of it and or he, or he full circle with CTE because no he definitely quit but all he remembers <laughs> all he remembers is being cut afterwards because of what he did so he forgot his antics already that's troubling <laughs> all right anyway let's let's keep going I already forgot where we were Ben Roethlisberger is not going to make the playoffs what else he got <laughs> still alive Massey glass half full um, we got a win and in situation for the San Francisco 49ers at the Rams, San Francisco, a four point dog Rams still playing for something. I think that in terms of, well, it's a three twenty-five game, but I'm pretty sure that the Rams will still care about that second seed and having home field, uh, right behind green Bay. Who's already clinched home field throughout. Do we know who is starting for the 49ers at QB? Not yet. Jimmy G's, uh, toe or finger or something still messed up. Trey Lance might have to start again. I don't see the Rams defense with uh, Aaron Donald and um, Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey losing to either one of those quarterbacks, especially Trey Lance in the playoffs or sorry, in this game, which is kind of a sort of a playoff or is a playoff for the, for the Niners. And I know they want to kick their own division foe right in the mouth and kick, keep them out, which would be great. And then the, the Rams would get to face no offense the New Orleans Saints, if they win. I'll take that all day. I mean, I think I, the, the 49ers are so confused to me. They're so well coached, and they can run the ball, and they have athletes, and they always seem like they're one quarterback away from from being actual contenders. I guess Jimmy G was in the Super Bowl and was basically one, one pass away from being in that game, if you can remember him overthrowing the tight end and streaking down the field. But um, I'm going to I'm gonna have to take the Rams here. Close, close. 
close. Within 49ers four. cover. 49ers cover. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jimmy G was in the same situation as, let's say, Jalen Hurts, Alabama against Clemson when they lost a national championship. Remember that? That was fun. That was a beatdown. It's an absolute. Who, who, was, who was the Clemson quarterback? Oh. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> uh, Colts. Mm. Colts on the road, 15 and a half point favorites against the Jaguars, a win and end scenario in the AFC for Indianapolis. Carson Wentz came back miraculously last week to lose to the Raiders, kept the Raiders in the playoffs. And yeah, Indy, the Jaguars are so bad. I feel like Indianapolis, this is like the lock of the week. I don't know if 15 and a half is a lot of points, even though a lot the of Jags points. are terrible. But I don't know. Is, have we gotten to a Jags like win it for the skipper? interim coach situation i know he's already had a few games under his belt because urban got fired so the only role i can see the jags playing is spoiler but here's a here's Mm -hmm. a fun little tidbit if the jags somehow win this game the raiders and the chargers if they both tie if they tie they both make the playoffs oh i like that and indiana and the jags play at 11 11 or excuse me they play at one and the uh Raiders and Chargers are Sunday night. Right. Sunday night football game. Hmm. I like that scenario. I hope this happens. What if they That'd just what if they just kneel the ball the entire time? <laughs> if they well, I mean that's yeah. I mean if they it depends on how much they respect each other, Massey, as division opponents themselves, Chargers and Raiders. All right, but keep 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 going down our list here. I'm just saying this a just mu- keep an eye on that. A mu- mutual respect. A win in like uh aforementioned Chargers Raiders game. A win in your end, no matter what, for those teams. So one of them will be in, and the Colts will probably follow. So it's what we're looking at, unless we see the scenario happens happen that you mentioned. Um, Saints, as we said, San Francisco loses. Saints win. They are in, and let's let's go back to the Chargers Raiders. Who do you like in that matchup? I've been oh sorry. So I've been so fixated on Justin Herbert, and he hasn't been. I mean, they're nine and seven. I've I've just thought that he was so good. Austin Eckler is so good, and somehow Derek Carr, like somehow he's good. I don't understand why Derek Carr. Some arguments are bad, and some arguments that is good. But he he's an he's an NFL quarterback, and that's probably the most he, I can say he, about him. He's been doing this with <laughs> with previous <laughs> previous guest Hunter Renfro. No Darren Waller. No Henry Ruggs. No second receiver whatsoever. and Interim head coach. Interim head coach and a pretty mediocre surrounding cast. Um, It's pretty impressive. And I think that he gets, yeah, he always gets shafted when it comes to like prestige for quarterbacks. I want to see, you know, the two teams that we had in the middle of the season with all the drama and all the injuries that they had going on. I want to see the Saints and I want to see the Raiders in. And I think it might happen. And I'm going to go with the Raiders here. I think that the Chargers are going to be a big letdown. The Raiders are going to somehow win this game it's gonna be Raiders Saints the two teams middle of the season we were like their their record's too good for how banged up and like how much stuff's going on around them and they're gonna make it both of them I, li- I like that take as well mainly because I'm a Saints fan but it, it it shows it speaks volumes that the Saints can lose a they lost Drew Brees, Drew Brees because he retired and then Jameis Winston mm-hmm. steps in and everyone is saying this is going to be Jameis's year he's going to like not, he's not going to like take a step in the right direction because he threw for three thousand yards in Tampa Bay before Tom Brady got there and like thirty something odd touchdowns. But it's like, hey, let's see what Sean Payton can do with Jameis Winston. That that rug got pulled out super quick. He's been 
piecing together an offense with Taysom Hill and Ian Book the last couple of weeks. I mean, that game against Miami should should never have been played. Um, let's not forget. Let's not. Let's let's mention Trevor Simeon and his service. Oh, I completely. <laughs> And then there's a Trevor Simeon signing. If you if you were to tell me like, hey, you're, you're going to lose Jameis Winston midseason, and Trevor Simeon and Ian Book will start a total of four five games with, and Trevor Simeon will beat the defending world champion Buccaneers. Yeah, as well. Yeah, like mm-hmm. none of that narrative I would have I would have bought. The Saints have been just a roller coaster this year. When I said I wanted to ride the lightning, I didn't necessarily mean this bolt of lightning but i'm very happy it speaks volumes that sean payton has gotten his team in a position where only really one domino has to fall and they win and and they're not winning in but if you told me all of that at the beginning of the season season and they had something on the line in the last week a week seven eight week 18 what week are we on it's a, it's brand new massey it's called week 18 um yeah but there's 17 anyway um, 17 games. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, there's, there's never been a week 18 in history, so it's new. Yeah. So week 18, I would have taken it. I, I, I wouldn't have believed you, but I guess I would have, I would have taken it. So here we are. Here we are. Saints in the points. I always say it. Saints in the points Saints on the road. The Saints what are the they? Points. They're favored. They're favored by four. What? That can't be right. Falcons must have some injuries. I don't know about. <laughs> No, I just don't think they have a great team. They're bad. Well, they're kind of good, but they're bad. They're kind of a good yeah, bad I mean, team. They're a good. They're yeah. the best bad team. Yeah, I mean they are the best bad team. They did pretty. They did a pretty admirable admirable job when after Calvin Ridley exited stage left for the season. Um, hopefully he's okay. I don't know whatever happened with him, but that was a weird kind of like I gotta go, but not like an Antonio Brown kind of exit, like a respectful. Hey, I have some things I need to take care of. I gotta go, guys, and. That happened, but that was like week. That was a lot. That's like week six or eight. It's been a, been a million years. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I, I I forgot that happened, and he's a stud. Yeah. What else we got on the on the slate? I mean, for the slate, we don't have much else. I mean, there's pretty much like a lot of things that can happen between the two seeds and the. Um, oh, well, the let's Titans look at that. Let's let's look yeah. at, let's dissect that a little bit because we have the time. I know that if Buffalo wins, they win the AFC. They win. They secure a home playoff yeah. spot. They're playing the Jets. Uh, if New England loses against Miami, Buffalo still wins the AFC East. Let's just talk about for a, a brief minute here how sweet it is to have a home playoff game in Buffalo. Yes, I, I hope it's, it should be an annual tradition to have a January Buffalo game because they that that town does not feel cold. And I, and I don't mean that it, if you go on up there, TV? when you watch it on TV or like if you, if you step into the atmosphere, no, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling let me, let me rephrase my, my statement there. Mm. Those fans oh. do not actually feel cold. They've never been cold in their lives. They, you see their shirts off, they're covered in ketchup and booze and they're loud. And it is a different, Stop. It's like what football nerds want to see. They want to see cold. They want to see the smoke coming out. Not smoke, but vapor coming out of your mouth. Looks like everybody's just breathing cold. Everybody's skin is red. And, and they're just running the ball. The ground is frozen. That seems to me like the ideal picture of playoff football. Yeah, 100%. It's like the, the Packers 
similar situation, but they're title town. They have championships. The Bills have inf- infamously never won a Super Bowl, and they won't, lost four in a row. So it's like they have the same kind of fans, and they're never cold. They're, they're outside. Their stadium's still outside to this day. Like, Minnesota has a dome now, um, the vault. And, like, they just have a much more kind of brash. You could just see the difference between them and the Cheeseheads because they have, like, a brash, like, I want to win something, and they're angry about it still. So that's why the Bills Mafia exists versus the Packers fans who are like, yeah, I'm just happy to be off the waiting list after 20 years for Lambo tickets. And we've also won five Super Bowls. So, yeah, a little different. That's my guess. That's my guess. Any other seeding seeding games you want to get to? No, I mean, I think the Titans wrapped it up. I'm pretty sure the one seed, uh, the Chiefs win. I think they're the, the locked in as the two seed. As you mentioned, the Bills and Patriots are still playing for the AFC East. And yeah, all the other seeding stuff just kind of takes care of itself. The Bucks win, the Rams lose. Yeah, there's some fluctuation between the second and like the fifth seed or the fourth seed right now amongst both the AFC and NFC, but nothing that like really stands out. Sports fans, that is all the time we have for us. Enjoy your football weekend. Just remember to absorb it, to cherish it. I know we have a month plus yes. left, but cherish Saban. Cherish Saban while you still can, sports fans. I have a theory that Saban will not retire unless he goes for the first three peat ever in college football. He's still not done that? He's come close. Oh, and that's a that's a tale for another day. And that's a tale for another day. All right, guys, that's it. That's all. <laughs>